Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and other distractions. Well, also, here's a little, Uh-oh. here's a little uh, oh God, hitch, also. hitch in our giddy up. It's an interesting uh, wrinkle. Um, so I have an invitation to um, to interview by um, by Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, right. whatever. I think we'll both be on the same platform, so Zoom, uh, with a, a school out in California. And uh, huh? they said, we're really kind of on an a, a accelerated schedule here. We're going to interview um, this week, and then we're going to we're going to uh, bring finalists to campus beginning of next week. Okay, nobody ever does that. Yeah, well, beginning of next week, my wife flies out here to help me pack. Okay, <laughs> so I'm thinking I'm probably going to be flying out to California for an interview. This is not going to be good. Wow, that's like what? Just shake my fist. <laughs> What's happening? Well, that's the way it goes, yeah. right? I mean, that's it. Of well, course, like I'm this... telling this to the person, the, of the one person in the world is going to give me no sympathy, right, <laughs> on that, right? That's probably and not right. because you come back and forth to Illinois a lot, just because you're a cold-hearted son of a guy. I, I am. Yeah. I am. Just have no mercy at all. That's why I became a pastor. Welcome to Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to the podcast again. I am Robert Wallace. And I am Michael McKeever. Yeah, we are finally back. And I would say better than ever, but why put that kind of pressure on ourselves? Yeah. Um, these are the readings for the f- September the 15th, 2019, which is the 14th Sunday after Pentecost, or proper 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, We're doing the consecutive readings. So Jeremiah 4, 11 to 12, and 22 to 28, and Psalm 14. And then 1 Timothy 1, 12 to 17, and Luke 15, 1 to 10. So okay. we only get the first two guys who walk into a bar? Yeah. Is that yes. all we're doing today? Yes, all this right. is the first two bananas. I don't know what yeah. kind of fruit's going to show up later. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to say there. Well, we hope that you will uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We apologize for the uh, podcast interrupt us that we have had. It is... Uh, Trying to find a time that works for us and I trying reg- to find I regret time. nothing. You regret nothing. <laughs> Nor I could re- I have I possibly re- pulled off a podcast. <laughs> that may not even happen today. <laughs> yeah. The uh, I I don't know if, I don't think I pushed, published this online, but my uh, mother-in-law passed away mm, finally. Right. Uh, she had been going down and then in the end of July was diagnosed uh, with a metastasized cancer and uh, did not take her long after that. Mm. Uh, so Sorry to hear um, that. Yeah, it was uh, uh, it was one of those things that was expected and always a shock. Mm-hmm. Know, they are expected. Um, yeah. But uh, my sister-in-law and my wife said that they wanted me to preach the funeral. And I said, wow, are you sure? And they said, yes, we don't want anyone who doesn't know her trying to make her sound like a saint. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, okay. So then I had to balance the 710 split of it being yeah. a roast mm-hmm. or <laughs> or... But uh, but it worked. I mean, it really was a beautiful service, mm-hmm. and uh, and it went very very well. Um, I'm reminded of the. Uh, um, and I've talked about Futurama before. You know, I love Futurama. Mm-hmm. There's this there's this great scene in Futurama where the clergyman gets up at the funeral and he goes, "Well, I didn't know Philip, but as a member of the clergy, I have no problem telling his closest friends and family all about him." <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what we were hoping to avoid. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Well, so that's that well. good. It went well. Sounds, but like, sounds like it, it got it was real. 
It was. And, uh, of course, we were absolutely in no way capable of doing a podcast, you know, at all. No, so, no, no, no. No, but, how, how so, many weeks has it been? I mean, I've... I, I think it's been three weeks since oh, we've done it, one. Oh, is that all? Wow, my life has been <laughs> very busy. <Yeah>, <laughs> we, were, we were two weeks off, and then we did two weeks, and then I think we've been two weeks off again, or two or three weeks off again. I don't remember. So Wow. Um, I know it's amazing to me. We did two and a half years in a row and yeah. we did, can't have to... I done, I, this is how busy life is. Did I do podcasts from California? I guess I yes, did. You okay. Have, okay. Yes, you did. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was not living in the same place I am now. You know, I do have yeah. to stop and go, where, where do I live? What? Well, you're not moving again. Right? What this house is it? where you're settled now. You I, hope a house I hope and, not. I hope not. It's a, it, yeah, it's a, I don't know. I, I can't remember what we talked about last podcast, but we just, uh, Phenomenal house fell into our lap in a phenomenal neighborhood. And it's just, you could never, you know, you could have never imagined. So yeah. It's just blowing our minds. So yeah, it's so nice. It's, a, it's such a God thing. It's just like, it's clearly everyone knows like, wow. <laughs> wow. Right. Well, that, that you even got a job, you know, is a water into wine miracle that people just do not appreciate. <laughs> oh, know? I know. I know. I mean, it, it, you know, just... people who look like it, it looks like, well, that was easy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure. You just move to the new place. Yeah, and get a new job just, like you do. Just moving you know? laterally as a senior professor. That doesn't happen. You know, I, I, I just moved where my wife was and stellar. then got a job there. Yes. Sure. Sure. That's all. And everyone treats do. me so nice, and we've heard great, great things about you. Also, I also discovered that my wife is a superstar on that campus. Oh, I good. introduce myself to people, and they go, "Wait a minute, you're you're Karen's husband, R. Karen," and, <laughs> and then it's it's all about Karen after that point. Well, good. I knew you know, I knew that, but <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I was really glad to be here a year before my wife came because it won't be long before you know I'm Cindy's <laughs> yes. husband. But I at least yes. wanted a little time, uh -huh. you know, for myself. You, you get but, a little uh, toehold. Yeah. Exactly. Something. <laughs> Something. So, all right. Well, you ready to get going? Yes. I'm sure we have more to catch up on, but oh, we probably goodness. should do the podcast. I can't even remember. We have to keep on catch up on. Okay. So Jeremiah, yeah, four eleven to twelve, twenty two to twenty eight. At that time, it will be said to his people and to Jerusalem, a hot wind comes from me out of the bare heights in the desert toward my poor people, not to winnow or cleanse, a wind too strong for that. Now it is I who speak in judgment against them. That's a, it's quite a ominous <laughs> start. It is not, All a, right. not good news. And then they skip stuff. Okay. Yeah. For my people are foolish. They do not know me. They are stupid children. They have no understanding. They are skilled in doing evil, but do not know how to do good. I looked on the earth and lo, it was waste and void and to the heavens and they had no light. I looked on the mountains and lo, they were... Quaking, not quacking. Not quacking. No, no. And all the hills moved to and fro. I looked and lo, there was no one at all, and all the birds of the air had fled. I looked and lo, the fruitful land was a desert, and all the cities were laid in ruins before the Lord, before his fierce anger. For thus says the Lord, the whole land shall be a desolation, yet I will not make a full end. Because of this, the earth shall mourn and the heavens above grow black. For I have spoken, I have purposed it. I have not relented, nor will I turn back. Mm -hmm. Gosh. <laughs> so we've got a nice up passage here mm -hmm. uh, to do. 
Jeremiah is a is a fascinating book. Jeremiah walk, walk us is, through this, Doctor Buzzkill. I will. I will tell you what I can do. I'll do what I can do. Um, Jeremiah is not arranged in any meaningful order that I've ever understood <laughs> oh, in my right. entire life. Yes. Um, there are plenty of people who say it is. I. I still struggle with trying to find it. The book mm-hmm. is not arranged chronologically. About the only thing that we have chronologically is the um, the call experience at the beginning. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then you have the the narrative section at the end regarding the restoration of the people. But but the rest of it's kind of in and out. It's it's moving through time. Um, chapters two through six, though, most people agree are probably the earliest of the oracles of Jeremiah. Jeremiah preached over about 40 years, uh, which is a really long, uh, long career for a prophet. Not to say he wasn't beaten and put in prison mm-hmm. like all the others, but mm-hmm. but he did that over a long time. Um, some people wonder if chapters two through six were not part of the inspiration of what Josiah did when Josiah began his uh, reforms, what sometimes called the Deuteronomic mm-hmm. reforms, mm-hmm. including the temple, and that that they might have inspired that. And then there's a, a gap in time between chapter six and seven, with chapter seven picking up after Josiah has died years later, uh, and Jehoiakim has come on the throne. And that that's possible. I mean, I don't, I no way to know that for certain, of course, but but it's it's absolutely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremiah is. Obviously, it's a beautiful text, but the 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 artfulness in this chapter is amazing to me because of all the creation language. It's even easy to see in English. Yeah, um, the connection between Genesis chapter one and and Jeremiah chapter four, and, and I, well, I should say the east wind, the desert that comes in from the east. That's a desert wind that is not useful for anything. It's mm-hmm. incredibly hot, incredibly dry. Yeah, uh, in Arabic, they call it a hamsim. It's a they call it a fifty. Because it feels like it's fifty days before it's over. Yeah. Because uh, it just keeps blowing. They have those in Southern um, California this time of year, and that's when you hear about all the wildfires. Yeah. Right. right exactly. And that's what it is. That's that's the kind of des- you know destroying wind that comes, devastating wind. Uh, Twenty three though, when you look on the earth, it's a waste and void. That is our friends Tohu and Bohu mm-hmm. again. Um, yes. Formless and empty, the same words that occur at the very beginning in Genesis chapter one. They they're here, waste and void. Uh, the heavens have no light. Um, the birds, the mountains, fruitful land—all these these allusions that you get to Genesis chapter one. Um, and then you know the heavens grow black at the end. For I have spoken. Well, of course he spoke light in in Genesis one. So this is an undoing of creation. Chaos is now mm-hmm. um, coming in uh, because of the actions of the people. Uh, mm-hmm. They are skilled at doing evil and do not know how to do good. Which I, I've. The more I have uh, gone into this thing, the more I've started to believe that evil does have some connection to chaos and good does have some connection to order. Mm. Um, and so that, that humanity has introduced this, uh, this chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going we're yeah. to see in uh, Psalm 14 that foolishness is a moral evaluation, not an right. intellectual one. Yeah. Um, and the people have introduced this, this kind of destruction that is coming. Uh, they've brought in this chaos mm-hmm. order. Creation's unraveling right, because right. of their actions. And this is something you see in you know, the progression in Genesis, right? To, up to the, up to mm-hmm. the flood, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Un- unraveling. Yeah, it is. It is. Chaos is introduced again. Hmm. Chaos is never destroyed in the Old Testament. It is restrained. 
God orders it, but mm-hmm. every now and then it breaks back out again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I was the same in on Get Smart. It was the same way. <laughs> what, really? But I, <laughs> yes. don't, I don't remember. Chaos and control. Yes. That's true. I guess that's right. They did. Uh, wow. Get Smart reference. <laughs> you know, I think that's a first for this. How, it is. <laughs> how old do you want to skew in this podcast? I'm just curious what our demographic <laughs> might be. Oh, man. Maybe, it was a, maybe of, that was a, a moral evaluation. Get smart. I, I do know Get that there's smart. a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of CIA members of my congregation <laughs> do listen to this podcast, yeah. so they might enjoy. They that. Might, and we're fans of Get Smart. I'll bet so, they were. I'll so bet they, they were. probably would enjoy this. Um. Anyway, I I, <laughs> I love Jeremiah. I, I yeah. I was always frustrated with Jeremiah because of its its what people will call thematic organization. And there are a couple of places where I do think you can see a thematic organization. But boy, most of it, it just seems so hard to, to get a handle on. I mean, there's the, the story of Jehoiakim cutting up Jeremiah's scroll and throwing it in the fire. And my professor suggested that apparently Baruch got it back out and just taped it together <laughs> the, the way yeah. he found it. Yeah, yeah just however. That's good enough. That's close. Because it just, it just really is that kind of hard organization that you get there. But um, I think we're going to be in Jeremiah for the next couple of weeks. So um, All right. <laughs> more chaos to come. More chaos to come. <laughs> Yeah, as we look at this. That is that is a beautiful passage in its own dark metal yeah. metal sort of way. Right. Just I love the I do, I love the artistry of that. You know, mm-hmm. just un unmaking creation there as you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's the news, Jeremiah? Well, okay, you're not gonna like it, but it, <laughs> I did I really did put some thought into but, it. <laughs> exactly, but I made it as beautiful as I could. Yeah. Um uh-huh. well, you know, we we've talked before about you know, what Leviathan was to uh, the chaos waters, Bahamut was to the desert animals. I mean, so that, that there's like the desert was sort of the land version of chaos. Yes. Uh, the chaos mm-hmm. waters. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's I think we see that played up here quite a bit. That yeah. The des- the chaos is now mm-hmm. the chaos of the desert is overtaking this ordered creation and is un- unmaking itself. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. It's a kind of an uncreated space. Yes. A wilderness, if you were a wildness. A wildness. Yes. Yep. Yes. That's where you create things, though. You do create That's things. True. Yep. That's potential. That's potential, creative potential there. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's something. All right. Well, you want to read uh, from David's songbook? <laughs> Yeah, yes, let us let us read from David's personal song. This is it's from the second album. <laughs> this, uh... <laughs> no, no, first album. This is the okay. first album. First album, but they, okay. They cover it in the second, though. Okay, so, double. Yeah. It's a double. All right, Psalm 14. Fools say in their hearts there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on humankind to see if there are any who are wise, who seek after God. They have all gone astray. They are all alike perverse. There is no one who does good. No, not one. Have they no knowledge? All the evildoers who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord. There they shall be in great terror for God is with the company of the righteous. You would confound the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that deliverance for Israel would come from Zion. When the Lord restores the fortunes of his people, Jacob will rejoice. Israel will be glad. Okay. Uh, yeah, we were joking about this being doubled. It is actually doubled. Psalm 14 is um, a, 
duplicate psalm in the Psalter, uh. um, Psalm 14 and Psalm 53. They are uh, identical, except the four mentions of Yahweh in Psalm 14 have been replaced by Elohim in Psalm 53, because Psalm 53 is in the Elohistic Psalter, which oh. prefers <laughs> Elohim for Yahweh. Evidently. But that is the only um, the only difference between those two psalms. It's so good, a psalm so nice they played it twice. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, do they fools, attribute it to to David in that? They do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're both attributed to David. Um, the uh, the fools say in their hearts there is no God. It's probably a good time to to remind folks again of where of of the way in which ancient uh, ancient Jews thought of the seat of reason. Um, Mm -hmm. This is one of those things that frustrates me. Translators are not consistent in this. Sometimes they will make it mind, Mm -hmm. which is probably the best, better way to make it work for a contemporary audience. But sometimes when it sounds pretty, they say heart. And Mm -hmm. so I don't like, Mm -hmm. for example, uh, Job one, literally it says, uh, God says to Satan, have you set your heart on my servant Job? Well, that's an English idiom. And so most mm-hmm. Bibles are careful to make sure that it says, have you thought about, have you considered, yeah. mm-hmm. have you, yeah. have you reasoned my, because that's what the Hebrew is trying to say. Well, fools say in their hearts is, is not just inner monologue. Fools say in the way, the, the seat of reason, the way in which they are mm-hmm. acting, their, 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 their seat of behavior. The full that reasons. There is no God. Exactly. Thinks, it's not, thinks, figures. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh it's not a it's it's not romantic and and no. and it's connected more to behavior than it is to sort of um this is not a philosophical atheism. The fool is not saying there is no god. The fool is saying in their mind there is no god and then as a result they are corrupt and do abominable deeds. And mm. otherwise they could be confessing god outwardly with their mouths, uh. but they are living lives that are not as god would have them to live. They are not they're trying to exploit the poor. They are a great terror. Um, they're evildoers who consume people for what they get out of them. I mean, they use cannibalistic language in verse four mm-hmm. here to mm-hmm. to illustrate, you know, using other people up. And um, it, it is interesting that that foolishness and wisdom here are not mental categories. They are practical. They are practice categories. They are what yeah. you are doing, you know. The wise uh, are the ones who are doing what God says. The wise, you know, have chesed. The wise are um, taking care of the poor and and doing these things. But uh, the foolish person is not. The foolish person is corrupt, and and you can't find any of them that uh, are actually acting like are acting like they believe there's a God. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never thought about that. These people may be outwardly pious. I've never mm-hmm. really considered that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very likely these people are outwardly pious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Everybody would have been outwardly pious. Yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this philosophical atheism is a modern invention, literally a modern Except for invention. maybe briefly in high school, not, not right. outwardly pious. <laughs> in college. Yeah, there's a very good chance these people are, are outwardly pious. It's just that their their decision-making is based on that they don't actually, they don't actually believe there's a God. Huh. They just say they believe there's a God. That is interesting. So, so and yeah. they may be they may be the loudest voices in the room sometimes. They very well might be. And and except for their actions. Except for psalms. everything they do. Like, exactly. Apart from what they do, they're good people. Yeah. Um and that's I, I always thought it was interesting that the psalm is doubled, you know? That's mm-hmm. that's yeah. fascinating. You know what? 
you know what? This one's worth singing again. Yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> well, let's not copy the same word. Could you change it up so it doesn't look exactly the same? Okay, I'll put Elohim in Yeah, there. yeah. Yeah, yeah in, oh, in our hymn, no, we say, we say Elohim, so we'll put it in oh, there, dude. too. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it shows up in someone else's church, too. That's Yeah, yeah that's, a good, that's worth repeating. Oh, mm -hmm. That's good. Wow. This is... Like, uh, even in verse 4, knowledge is connected to action. Have they known knowledge? They eat up my people like bread. Don't they know any better? You know? hmm. Reminds me, Hosea 4 says that his people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because they're unjust. I mean, it just it connects this, mm -hmm. you know, belief in who God is, this connection to who God is, this truly knowing God with actually living like you know God. I know it's a it's a radical idea. It's never going to catch on. But. It's not no it's no evidence <laughs> of that. Yeah. Mm. Wow, that's great. Well, that's yeah, helpful. That's it. That's helpful for me to hear it that way. I like that. I am uh, at the beginning of my classes, I read a psalm. I've started with the Psalms of Ascent. I thought, I'm going to slice them up. I'm going to take care of it through the whole semester. I'm doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes, which is a new thing for me. Oh, wow. I can't even, I can't even get started in 50 minutes. <laughs> it's right, like, whoa, right. it's time to go? That clock's fast, isn't it? No, it's you, slow. You, you might even have to be on time to a class for 50 minutes. Uh, yeah, minutes. yeah. I've, yeah. Got, I've, got my, I've got TAs in this class, I, and I told oh, them, wow. hey, they're going to come by tomorrow and introduce themselves to the class. I said, if I'm not there just go ahead just go ahead and start the <laughs> class <laughs> well yesterday I'm, I'm borrowing a prius and i had been borrowing a different prius from relatives because i'm looking for a car well this one didn't start the same way it was a mystery i'm just sitting in my driveway for like 10 minutes like i am gonna be late this is crazy Ugh. anyway Sorry. <laughs> but you start with a psalm of ascent you say oh yeah yeah so i've been reading through the psalms of ascent and uh it, it it rapidly became the whole psalm, so I'm just going to keep going through the the you know the psalter from that from that point. I was going to like divide it up and give some reflections from uh, Eugene Peterson. This class they they're not familiar with the message or Eugene Peterson. It's like what oh, really? what wow? Uh, we turned another corner. What is this? Wow. <laughs> what are they reading? Well, now I'll warn you. You know, if you're starting with the Psalms of Ascent, from there to the end is primarily praise sims. I mean, there's some laments, but most of them are hymns of praise. Mm -hmm. Most of the laments are in the first half. Okay. So you've you've skipped all the bad news by jumping. Well, to the end I'll there. I'll save those for my personal time. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready to do First Timothy? What's that? I think I heard a three time zone lag there. Hang on. Yes. All right. I'm ready. First Timothy. All right. First Timothy 1, 12 to 17. I am grateful to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, a man of violence, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief and belief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is surely... Excuse me. The saying is sure and worthy of fully. Boy, I'm having a hard time today. Normally it's you. Yeah, the saying is true. sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But for that very reason, I received mercy so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternity. It's not life. a competition, Paul. <laughs> to the king of the ages, <laughs> immortal, invisible, the only God, to be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.
Yeah. It's an interesting passage. Yeah. As I was reading it, I realized, and I, when I teach um, beginning of Paul section in classes, mm-hmm. I usually talk about how there's, there's four times it talks about his conversion, but really there's more than that. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's always going there a little, he always brings that Ellipses. up. Yeah. So yeah. there's probably maybe uh, six to eight uh, accounts of him, uh, maybe even more, uh, now that I think about it, how he brings up his conversion. And uh, it is interesting to see how he uses it in different different contexts. It's very, mm-hmm. very appropriate for the, uh, the situation. And this one struck me this morning that um, he is going to talk about people who are they're they're sincere or they are um what's the word he used he's uh he they're they're ignorant but they're you know they're uh sincerely ignorant maybe that's it he's put, putting his own life forward because he's correcting false teachers people who are um are uh, st- wow. messing things up in the church that uh he's reigning in and by reigning in I mean turning over to satan and things like that <laughs> <laughs> as you do yeah, as you do when you're the only church in town right yeah it's yeah. more effective when you do it that way they can't just go to the other church but yeah. uh yeah he's kind of putting himself forward as an example possibly for the the kind of discipline and and redirection for people are going the wrong way just 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 false teachers a, a handful of people and uh perhaps a, a network of women also through whom it's this false doctrine is being spread so it is interesting. He's a, uh, he's a, uh, I can't think of the, the word. He's sincerely wrong. You know, <laughs> he's, in, he's very sincerely wrong. He's going, he's, uh, he's sold out for God going the wrong direction, you know, and, wrong and, and he recognizes that. And, uh, um, yeah, so the, it's interesting the way to see the different persona he puts on and the different ways he relates his testimony to, to different contexts. Uh, it is rather unusual language for Paul. There is, there's a more formal language. There's a lot of references to uh, this is a you know trustworthy saying, and it is one of the uh, the letters of Paul that people challenge as being actually from Paul or not. Authentic, yeah, authentic Pauline, and uh, that's true of the pastorals in general. It's more it's more formal. It is less uh, persuasive in that he's he's writing to Timothy and kind of authorizing him to for the task he's sent there to deal with this uh, problem. So he's not so much trying to persuade people uh, and writing directly to the congregation, although the congregation is going to hear this letter. You know, nobody, mm-hmm. nobody reads these letters off in a corner. So it is it's bolstering Timothy and authorizing him to, to deal with this problem, but also putting himself forward as one who can, uh, who needed correction and, and whose life was turned around. So there's, you know, there's some grace in there. He's putting himself forward as a transgressor, but one who's uh, not beyond God's reach. So I, I usually am dealing with the more problematic texts that deal with things like women and just some really strange stuff in this letter. But so it's nice to read the outset, uh, uh, on why he sent Timothy there and how he's modeling um, perhaps a uh, the potential for a, a radical reorientation of these people. I you know I never I never considered him using himself as a model for the possibility of repentance in these yeah in in these problems in this church. I you know. I haven't either, and uh, I don't know if it's because I gloss over this section, but uh, if. It, 
that's how I hear it th- this morning. And and I did no, I, I did read a few people said, yeah, it might be that might be his uh, his strategy here. So you don't you don't get a uh, a developed argument to persuade people to change. You get an authorization of Timothy to deal with them and deal with them harshly. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, you might have this, this kind of an olive branch showing him, showing his own uh, um, sincere misdirection and, and how the, that can be a completely redeemed through God's grace. Well, and let me, let me ask you this then how, would, would the, that tone, would that idea be somewhat analogous to his tone in Philemon? with uh how to handle the slave and you know that you have a right to do but show grace i mean i don't mm-hmm. know i'm just I, I was hearing echoes on some level of- yeah i i i would probably need to read the whole letter here philemon is really complex um mm-hmm. um personalized sort of um rhetoric to to ask Philemon to think about who you're, who who are you, Philemon? Are you right. are you a high status person uh, in the in the Greco Roman world who's a slaveholder who's got all this pressure to deal harshly with a slave, or are you one who's you know in debt to to me, your patron, who's right. you know spiritually and your spiritual father? Pa- Paul's always changing hats in his life. He's always changing his persona within the letter itself. Right. I find it interesting how he has different persona for different situations, and you see it from letter to letter. But within Philemon, he's going back and forth within the letter, kind of to disorient, I think, to disorient Philemon. So Philemon asks the question, who am I and how am I going to resolve mm-hmm. this? Yeah, mm-hmm. And that leads to that, so, that famous you know, uh, song, Who Am I? At that in the later right. part, <laughs> right. of course, yeah. Who yes. can forget that? That that was an adaptation from the Dietrich Bonhoeffer poem, of course. <laughs> um, the uh, they that was a joke. I just okay. want to make sure I, I said that fairly seriously, but I want to make sure that was that was a joke. As a rule, yeah, most of this I, stuff is that's right. But 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 it, it was striking me as you were just. I mean, I've heard you talk about Philemon like that before. Uh-huh. As you were describing this, this this letter almost seemed like the inverse of that. On some level, you've got the leader who knows who he is, uh-huh. who's now entitled to deal with these people harshly, but at the same time, providing them an opportunity uh, for, uh, forgiveness. Uh, and I don't know. That's I don't know. interesting. Almost... Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, he, the issue in Philemon is you've got this Roman empire way of dealing with runaway right. slaves, make them an example to others. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's not about redemption for the slave. It's about, this is the foundation of our whole society. Right. We can't let this happen. This guy's got to right. be crushed. Um, whereas here it's, uh, it's some harsh, there's some harsh things, harsh discipline, some tough love. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> on right. the sea, turning over to Satan. Uh, right. Some tough love that's ultimately redemptive. I think you get those little glimpses that, oh, wow, I, uh, he's not just say, he's not just amputating uh, members. He's he's hopeful to save the church, but even you know it's showing the possibility of redemption even for the people who are mm. who are harshly dealt with, you know, are severely dealt with. And that is that is a really hard thing to think about. Um, um, someone being shunned or um, excommunicated. Right. That's like, right. it's hard to think about that as redemptively. It's, it's, uh, I struggle with that, you know, and, yeah. uh, and I know we live in a very different time and I don't know that what that would look like, but. Um, th- well, historically it has not been used redemptively. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> yes. That's probably the reason you're struggling with it. Is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, to yeah, see, yeah. Hear it that way. Mm-hmm. 
yes, there there is definitely the 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 abuse of that. So, yeah, and and the the uh, the things that people would you know excommunicate people for, or just write mm-hmm. write other Christians off. It's it's not not this kind of stuff. So, but I'm thinking of mm-hmm. I'm thinking of in in uh, Amish circles and things like right. that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, closed communities where it's so you, if if you're outside that community, you really you're really struggling with your identity, and this is a group oriented society where it's just fe- feels very different. You know, have you ever um, have you ever read Chaim uh, Patak's book, uh, The Chosen? No, uh-uh. uh, it's he, it's The Chosen and The Promise were part of a, a set that he did that were exceptional books, and uh, The Chosen was made into a movie. Uh, Rod Steiger and Maximilian Schell and oh now dang now you're one. going old school man that's yeah well it's remember, there was the the really cute boy in the movie Ice Castles whose name eludes me at the moment oh was, was Robbie kind of Benson for, Robbie Benson wow well <laughs> done no points awarded this round but well done um, Robbie Benson plays uh, Robbie Benson and Rod Steiger play this Hasidic Jewish family and. Um, Maximilian oh, Schell yeah, yeah, yeah. plays this Protestant, uh, Protestant, plays this Reformed Jew, <laughs> the Protestant Jew. Yes, uh-huh. right, exactly. <laughs> same, <laughs> like, same thing. <laughs> oh, man, I am not on my game today. Anyway, <laughs> the um, it's 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 basically about these two, the two kids, the Robbie Benson and this, um, I forgot Rubens, the actor who plays Rubens' name. It's just a warm-up uh, podcast. We'll, we'll hit our stride again. Well, yeah, we'll get back again. <laughs> we'll get it back. And anyway, their interaction leading up to and through world war II and the formation of the state of Israel and, and how mm-hmm. this all goes. And, yeah. and, uh, Rod Steiger is the, uh, is the Tzadik, uh, the righteous member of the Hasidic community. And it's really, it's fascinating. That role of the, of the, the rabbi in the Hasidic community is, is almost, uh, I don't even, there's inter there's an intercession component. He, he almost takes on and intercedes for the people with Yahweh. It's, it's a fascinating group. In fact, it, it was challenged in many uh, when it was first formed because people felt it was too um, it was it was disrespectful and mm. it was it was mm-hmm. that that they were claiming to be messiahs and they weren't but that that was their attitude anyway. Um, Within the story, you're talking about? Yeah, well, no, no that's not in the story. That's in history. Oh. But in the I, story, I, I, I see. the uh, the rabbi, his son, uh, has total recall. And he discovers he has total recall, this eidetic memory from a very for a young age. And, and he's, you know, he hears the story that the, the, his four-year-old or five-year-old son is telling him about, and he's, it's a story about suffering and problems and, and difficulty, he said, but his son didn't have any compassion. He was proud of himself for knowing the story and being able to remember and tell the story, but mm. he had no compassion for the people in the story. And so he shuns him as a child wow. to teach him loneliness, to teach him compassion, to teach him how to have empathy so he would be prepared to be a tzaddik at some point in the future. And that's sort of the, wow. the story revolves around how all that goes and how the, it, it is, by the way, an exceptional movie. It's, it's one who likes movies you really would enjoy. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's called The Chosen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it and then the sequel to it, uh, The Promise, are both very good books um, okay. by Chaim Patak and uh, certainly worth spending some time with. I did a, a lousy job in that survey just now, but no. uh, But all of that to say... Tough love. He was trying to show a redemptive purpose in, in the shunning that you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, that, that there was a goal in it in mind. So Yeah. Um, and that's, again, well done. The long game, the long game. Man, yeah, that, it, well, that's, the very long game at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with your own son, huh? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's interesting. 
Wow. Um, yeah, that is a blast from the past. I can't, I do remember seeing a trailer for that. Thinking, oh, yeah? Thinking, yes, yes, I can picture, I can picture uh, some scenes Rod from Stagger that. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's, laughs> he did a great job. Yeah. He really did. He yeah. did a great job. Okay. Now, now I'm thinking of all these Robbie Benson movies, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of them. I know he went to play baseball, like, I mean, basketball, and he jumped off the bridge. Uh, uh, Bobby Joe McAllister jumped off. He jumped off the Tallahassee oh, was, bridge. Was yeah. he, was he Bobby Joe McAllister? Yeah, yes. Yes. Or Billy, Billy Joe. Billy McAllister. Joe. Billy Joe. Billy Joe. <laughs> Boy, we are digging deep. Wow. This, pod, this podcast, you're going to need to be 50 years old or older. Oh, to enjoy yeah. this, podcast. this is old stuff. Man. You must be this old to enjoy this podcast. Uh, well, how about Luke 15? Okay. Yes. Those are the two guys that walk into the bar. Better get started on this. Yes. Now, all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. All the, the tax fair, collectors? All of them. Really? All of them. Really, That's what Luke? it says. All okay. the tax collectors. So and it's a big room. Jesus only played the big rooms. <laughs> uh, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. All of so them, he, in fact. He, he told them this parable. All of them. He told all of them this parable. Which one of you, all of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Does anyone really do that? Okay, anyway, when That's he a, has it's found it. a little it, bit strange. He lays it on his shoulder and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me. I did an imprudent thing, and it turned out okay in the uh, end. Yes. No. Rejoice mm -hmm. with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who, have no need, who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? Now that I see happening. Mm -hmm. um, when she finds it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Mm -hmm. I, I've done things like that. I've lost my keys before and, and sure, uh, sure. got very happy and called people together for a meal. Uh, <laughs> I've I lost, you know, in the move, we lost some things. There lost, are so many things get lost during a move. I am, I'm very sad about the fact that I've lost, I had these metal signs, these 10 signs that were only about eight inches by 13 inches that were replicas of movie posters of the star Wars movies. Oh. And I have episode four and five, but I'm missing episode six and one, two, and three. I can live having lost yes. the prequels, one, two, but three. having lost episode six, huh. Now there's this hole in my wall for where it goes if it might show up. So if anybody sees it laying around, it, it turns out I should have been investing in these things because I got them for nothing years ago. Mm -hmm. And now on eBay, they're like $50. I'm really? not paying $50 to replace no. this tiny little sign. No. But it really drives me nuts that this is lost. And we've looked everywhere for it. And I am not yet ready to rejoice with the angels in heaven because I can't find it. That is one of the most frustrating things about moves. It's like there's Ugh. this long protracted period where not everything's unpacked. And you think you're going to find things, and then they never show up. Yeah, know? I I swear all the boxes are open, yeah. so yeah. I don't have any idea. That's just kind of, it's annoying. It gnaws on you. It's it like, is. <laughs> it is. And now there's this blank spot on my wall where the Star Wars poster is going to go that mocks me every time I sit mm. down in my basement. You so. should sell the other two you have on eBay. And just I should. I should. I'd make a mint. Get, get, get the money out of it. And That's right. I should cash in while I can. Get a big anyway. Robbie Benson poster or something. That's what I'll get. A big ice castle. <laughs> Those are probably very reasonable. 
on, <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> He's oh, man. <laughs> I have not seen that one. <laughs> uh, I learned to play the theme. I never saw the movie. Oh, okay. On, oh. on piano. Oh, yes. Yeah, it, was, it was like a piano introduction. Yes, yes. Okay. Anyway. Whew, well, this is a great... I think we've really milked Luke 15 for all... No, okay. Maybe yeah. there's more to say. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. This is a, uh, well, what do you say? Uh, it's a chapter that it just keeps going after this. The most famous parts does, are, the, the right? The famous part comes later. Yeah, there's the, the uh, third part and a, a second second half to the third part. But this is the context of uh, told at a meal. This is three parables, two of which show up in, in um, uh, Matthew. Um, but this is the only one that has the third one, which changes everything. When you put a, the, the third one after, it's kind of the masterful. And... It is set at a meal setting, which I don't think was necessarily the case in Matthew. I should probably revisit that. Um, and I think you can presuppose that the celebrations in each of the parables involve a meal, because that's kind of not like in a peasant village, like what else are you going to do to celebrate? Right. You know, you know? Right. you're going to like, you don't have a lot of options, but uh, eating is, eating is what you do. And uh a lot of people don't get very far with the one sheep out of the hundred because they get into, you know, is it imprudent or not? I think, I don't yeah. think that's necessarily the theme when if you, the parallelism with, um, with the second one is like the exertion uh, that is undertaken to reclaim it, the lost it item. does seem odd though, because yeah. it's not just that this man left the 99, mm -hmm. it's Jesus. Hey, how many of you, if you lost one, wouldn't leave the 99 to go find that one? Yeah. Well, I don't know that I would. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, leave them in the Maybe. wilderness. That's a little like, you could, that could be really bad, or what yeah, are we not I, hearing here? Is that is that the point? something you know? we're missing, I think. It, yeah. Well, it's told, it's told to Pharisees who do not identify with shepherds or women, okay? Which well, one of you? Fair. So presenting it that way is kind of... That's true. That's... That's a little bit more in your face. That's an excellent point. In, in yeah. Luke, it's like, which one of you being a woman <laughs> talking to Pharisees, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so this is a, the common theme is a lost item of tremendous um, exertion and, and uh, expenditure to reclaim, you know, of energy or whatever, to reclaim the lost item. And then the calling together of a community to, uh, to rejoice. So, uh, and then that says something about how God feels about uh, redeeming the lost. Uh, it's told to people who aren't eating. They're watching other people eat. They're watching Jesus enact these, these dr dramatic um, parables, his parabolic mm -hmm. meals that he's eating all the time with, with the wrong sorts of people, which is enacting something about how God mm -hmm. is, you know, we're, we are a bottom-up theology. What Jesus does teaches us about God. And so Jesus is constantly enacting his theology through meals and the other theologians recognize that and disagree and grumble and don't partake because to partake is to agree, is to agree with the people. And uh, that's mm -hmm. why Pharisees only eat with other Pharisees. Um, you don't, you don't eat with people you don't agree with. And, uh, but they also invited Jesus to eat with them. It was very interesting that uh, they, they do that also. They recognize something in Jesus, but uh, so it's even more offensive when he then goes and eats with the wrong right. sorts of folks. Of course, the third parable ends with a feast given for um, the younger the son, son. The, the lost son. And there's this progression from one out of a hundred to one out of 10 to uh, one out of two, or perhaps two out of two lost sons, yeah. as it turns out. Uh, two lost and alienated sons. And 
it is they resolve with a with a feast with a meal celebrating the return inviting everyone and and in the last one it's explicit that the the father kills a fatted calf means he's inviting the whole the whole community mm-hmm. the whole village because mm-hmm. you can't toss that in a freezer you got to eat that so that's a big that's a big reconciliation with this younger son with the whole the whole village who he may have alienated by liquidating right. his inheritance was probably land or something like that um, and then you it ends with the uh, the older son not eating staying outside the feast grumbling and uh, God uh, or the the father coming in out and sh- taking shame upon himself to uh, leave his feast and pleading with his uh, mm-hmm. with his elder son and it's left open ended as to um, how that how you know how that is resolved and that's kind of turning and putting the ball back in the court of uh, his audience his primary audience here the Pharisees and the scribes who are grumbling and accusing him of uh, welcoming and uh, eating with the wrong sorts of folks. So, mm. so it's, it, it is fascinating because I, I've, I've highlighted in the past when the, the both younger son and older son are confronted by the father at the end. It's the, it's the, uh, it's the father who is making the effort. It's the father who's, you know, taking mm-hmm. shame in either running or yeah. leaving his own mm-hmm. feast to, yeah. to, on, on himself. Yeah. Um, I'd never highlighted the effort it took here that mm-hmm. both the restoration of the sheep and the coin takes yeah. effort on behalf of the shepherd and the woman. Right. Um, yeah. It's pro- so it's in, prodigal, you know, in, in a sense, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, 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 a great, huge expenditure. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and may, maybe, maybe you can hear that, uh, like leaving the, leaving the 99 right. and, and right. all this energy, you know, and, and it's not, this is a full grown sheep. It's not a little lamb, like Jesus holding a lamb on his shoulders in a children's Bible. This is, this is expenditure of energy to put well, a grown sheep on your shoulders and, and hoof it back. That, that would certainly make more sense when we consider the shame that is taken on the father running and leaving the feast, that it would be a, a if not shameful, stupid act that the shepherd is doing then the mm. woman would be the only aberration there because it's probably not mm-hmm. silly to clean your house. Well, no, um, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of the exertion. Although sort of. she's lighting a lamp for it, and that's that's uh, that's not cheap. Yeah. You know, to use use your oh, oil to oh, to find okay. a coin that mm. could actually be, mm-hmm. yeah, somewhat wasteful. Yeah. In that regard, to with no guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? It, it's it's one of those extremely lean stories where yeah, it's not. It's not about all the details in the story, but, you know, knowing some things about peasant existence and mm-hmm. it's maybe a, a coin worth a day's wage, but uh, it might be worth, might have symbolic value as a, a dowry or some, might be a mm-hmm. significant uh, savings for a peasant, you know, who's living right on the edge. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know what the, what the uh, party that she had after she found the coin cost. You yeah, know? right. <laughs> that might've cost a little bit. You know, and hopefully they didn't have shish kebab at the, uh, when stone, they found, when they fa- found the sheep, found the sheep. <laughs> Let's have I some lamb. I got stone, but yeah. I wanted to have a party. <laughs> yeah. Stone, so tricky. Oh, that brings up a lot of bad sermons I've heard. <laughs> About fe- feeding of the 5,000. <laughs> You've heard sermons on feeding of the 5,000 is stone soup? Uh, yeah. Yes, I have. Wow. Yes, I no, have. I haven't heard that. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I will. I've, just, I've gone to bad churches, but I, I guess I've gone to better than you at that point uh, on those Sundays. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's just, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that there without comment. <laughs> okay, that's probably good. That's probably good. Uh, feeding. We're talking about all kinds of feeding. All the feedings in the Bible. That's what we're talking about. And some from outside the Bible, like stone mm-hmm. soup. 
<laughs> Stone soup. Um, yeah, so it's this is one of those ones where I have to rein myself in, and not just go you know go to town on the uh, the third right the third story, which really elevates this in a you hear it in a, in a sort of different way that you you really right. go back and think about wow this really all the these. Two, it's all the same story. It's they, all the same setting. Yeah, but they have a separate life, you know, in, in probably earlier tradition. But then in Luke, they just takes on a different that that mm-hmm. that third, extremely well developed parable with the the twists mm-hmm. at the end. Um, it's, it's interesting to compare that in Matthew, where these are these are just kind yeah, of a, a series of te- part of a series of teachings. Do these occur together in Matthew? I think I think they do. I should yeah. probably know that. I am I am teaching a class. I'm teaching one of these. Um, kind of working through the whole Bible in one, one sitting, plus about a lot of other stuff. I'm finding it very hard. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, and then another class where it's a, it's, it's kind of the freshman orientation class and we're going through Matthew, you know, it's a it's yeah, Jesus yeah. and the Christian community, but it's just so many things get tossed into those classes. You know, you remind me of that grad student I knew that was teaching a class for the first time and he was teaching at a school in South Carolina now, and I can't remember which one it was, but they gave him introduction to the old Testament and uh, I saw him, he was a, he was a, uh, primarily a philosophy major, but he had taken enough religion that mm-hmm. he got an adjunct class and he was teaching Old Testament. And I said, so how, how's that going? He said, oh man, it's going great. I spent the two first two weeks on Hegel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah. How's your, how's your freshman orientation thing, Mike? Oh, it's going great. I spent the first two weeks on Matthew. Yeah. On, on Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they want me to, but there's a lot of other stuff in it. It's a, it's, it's ambitious and I, I don't talk as fast. <laughs> and so, yeah, I kind of like, Oh, we can't do this today. Let's do this. <laughs> Plus it's a short class. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is like, that's right. You've only got 50 minutes. You can't even clear your throat. In it 50 is minutes, something so. else. Plus I read a Psalm at the beginning. That's like half an hour. I know that's half the class, especially, you know, one nineteen. And yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I only almost, only always did 50 minutes. You know, I did my Monday yeah. was Friday was sort of what all I ever did. So. That's a whole nother mindset. I got to get into yeah, that. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, so this is, um, keep, keep reading this chapter. I think, did we do the, the end we, earlier in the year? Or we did. Did yeah, we? Yeah. Seems we like, did. seems like mm-hmm. we did. Yeah. Cause it's, it would be odd for them to just stop. Cause they're not going to, they're not going to continue in the lecture. And when we talked about the end, we, we, talked about the beginning mm-hmm. and now that we have the beginning we talked about the end so mm-hmm. well so folks folks should have gotten it twice yes so. you get it yes it's like it's like psalm 14 <laughs> but we probably need right we probably needed the warm-up after after being off for as long as we were yeah so. yeah we do yeah, but uh this this tells, tells us about god and uh and his uh rejoicing at the return of the lost uh, i like what you said with the bottom-up theology that mm-hmm. what jesus does tells us about who god is yeah so, mm-hmm. it's helpful it is. That's a, that, you know, that's, that's the beauty of asking that question. What would Jesus do? You know, that is such yeah. a clarifying question. Even non-believers ask that question. Right. And it's like, well, he's, 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 he's embodied it. And even, yeah. even when you're not in the community and, and there's even to kind of free floating tradition about Jesus, it is a clarifying question because that mm-hmm. is the, the place to start in theologizing. Yeah. 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 
And uh, it's not a flat reading of, you know, scripture or like, well, yeah, well, there's this little verse somewhere in the Old Testament that it completely right. contradicts everything about God becoming incarnate and living his, right. out his deepest revelation of his character among us, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah. Ah, it's good stuff, this this New Testament. All right, well, we're going to sign up for about six weeks, and we'll come back and <laughs> hit it hard. Is that let's right? See if we can't, let's see if we can't do two weeks in a row again. Oh, man, uh, yeah. That's our, our second longest streak Fing- is two. Fingers crossed. I got, uh, oh, that's right. I remember. We were, I remember. Our, now I remember. Our longest streak was yes. two and a half years, and then our second longest streak is two weeks. And <laughs> yes. So, let's see. Now I remember can... those couple of broadcasts. That's because like this house got dropped in her lap, and then it all did. these classes got dropped in my lap. And, it did. And as I was saying before the broadcast started, if I can make it through the next two weeks, I might survive. I might not well, drown. So I'm not ascribing any blame, Mike, Yeah. because yeah. we don't have to. We know it was your fault. <laughs> yes, so um, it's Totally. <laughs> That's totally. right. I'm just uh, I'm drowning in blessings of uh <laughs> but I am time poor. I'm rich in every other way. I am time poor. We, you know that has not changed since I have met you. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah, that's kind of a lifestyle, but <laughs> it is sort of a choice for you. You can so. actually you can actually look at my life and go, yeah, it checks out now. He actually is. <laughs> he actually is busy now. <laughs> and rather than, uh. he's not picking up. <laughs> Well, thanks for thanks for listening this week. Thanks for coming back, staying with us, being patient, for writing clever psalms that uh, tell us how much you miss us, uh, and posting them on our Facebook wall. That's very sweet as well. Huh. Uh, but we will, uh, like I say, try to try to tie our second longest streak with two podcasts in a row next week. Dare to dream. Uh, make sure and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, both places at Reading in Church. And have a great week. Have a great week. Blessings. Blessings. Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today.